Good morning. The second reading is from Haggai, chapter 1, verses 1 through to 11, and you will find that on page 839 in the Pew Bibles. So Haggai 1, verses 1 to 11. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. The Lord of armies says this, these people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to be warm, to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build the house, and I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Because my house still lies in ruins, while each of you is busy with his own house, so on your account, God has withheld the dew and the land its crops. I have summoned it out on, on the field and the hills, on the grain, new wine, fresh oil, and whatever the ground yields, on man and animal, and on all that your hands produce. This is the word of the Lord. Keep that open, page 839, one. Last week we looked at Ezra Nehemiah, which is about in the middle of the Bible. It's a few more books back, and you might wonder why we're skipping to Haggai, because Ezra Nehemiah is the history of that period. It really should belong, actually, with Haggai. I think it does in the Jewish Bible. Um, you can check that. But So it's really, we're kind of going from Ezra Nehemiah, the history, and now we're... This moves on straight away to Haggai. Um, last week, we left the story with the king of Persia. Remember, King Cyrus allowed God's people, this is from Ezra and Nehemiah, King Cyrus allowed God's people to return to God's place, to get under God's rule. If you remember, the whole idea of the Bible, the whole goal, I should say, of the Bible, is to bring people back under God's in God's place, under God's rule. This is what the, the goal is from Eden and from, from really creation and Eden and, and, and the whole story is God's people in God's place, under God's rule. When we understand that, then we understand why the importance, I should say, of King Cyrus of Persia in 538 BC liberating God's people. God's people now are being brought back to their place in Jerusalem, to their homeland. They could build their temple and build their identity under God's rule, God's people, God's place, under God's rule, 538 BC. Now, Haggai 1, verse 1, it says it's the second year. You'll notice it says the second year of King Darius. So we had Cyrus, 
starts King Darius. Now, these kings of Persia, they're not like British prime ministers. They have a term post till they die, pretty much. So this new guy, King Darius, and it's 17 years after Cyrus. It's 521 BC. Cyrus had let God's people go back to God's place in 538 BC. It's 521. The second year of King Darius, 17 years after God's people had been liberated, 17 years after they were set free, 17 years after they had their second exodus. And Haggai, the prophet, has a word, and he begins with a word telling us about the general mood of the people. Have a look at verse 2 during this time. The time has not yet come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. This is what the mood of the people is. You can almost hear his incredulous tone. The time has not yet come, 17 years after. Um, I mean, I've got a list at home, uh, my fridge list, you know, of things to do around the house. It gets pretty long and it's pretty shocking at some level. Well, I haven't really got a list, have I, Kathy? But I've got it in my head. Uh, but it's getting longer and longer. But 17 years, this is what Haggai is saying. And then he reveals, this is the main message for us this morning, he reveals where their true heart is. Have a look at verse 4. He says, Is it time to live in your panelled houses while the house of God is in ruins? This is the main point of the whole passage, the main point this morning, the main point of what Haggai is saying. He's saying, focusing on your houses while you forget about the house of God and it's in ruins. This is not an indictment about houses, right? We know it's not saying houses are bad or living in paneled houses are bad. It's about priorities and about the need for priorities. The main point is what are the people of God doing? Where is their priority? Is it on God and God's work or is it on looking after themselves? And that's what the main point of the passage is this morning. It's about being on about God and his work as the main priority, being on about God and his work. In verse 4, he doesn't say, look deep inside and try to figure out what your priorities are or what you think is important, what you might see is important. Notice what he says. It's very practical. Verse 4 again, he says... You live in panelled houses while God's house is in ruins. He's saying practically, you know where your priorities are because of what you're doing. He's saying they're spending all their time on building their own houses and building their own, amassing their own things and doing their own things and building up over here. And he says, while well, God's work is just ignored. And he's saying, you want to know where your priorities are. It's very practical. Where are you spending your time? He, he doesn't, there's no kind of introspection here. There's no kind of philosophizing about it. It's just, what are you spending your time on? And Jesus says something similar, doesn't he, in Matthew 6, just before the passage we heard this morning. He says, where your heart is, I'll tell you where your heart is. You don't need to introspectively wonder. He says, it's where your treasure is. Have a look at what your treasure is, at what gives you meaning, at what you're building, at what you think you're amassing. And I'll tell you, that's where your priorities are. Have a look at your treasure, where your treasure is. This is the order, actually. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Get on with God's priorities. 
get on with working on his, on his mission and what he wants us to do. Several years ago, almost a decade actually now, I installed a program on my computer that tracked everything that I did. It was a thing to help with kind of management of time and stuff like that. And it tracked every website that I opened, it tracked all the programs that I used. Then it sent an email at the end of the week to say, you spent this much time on, you know, Microsoft Word, you spent this much time on website, you spent this much time on social network, you said, and you have in your mind what you think you're doing <laughs> and where you think you're going. And then you get the email at the end of the week and you go, oh, this is actually where I'm spending my time. <laughs> it's reality. And this is what Haggai is saying to God's people. This is the word uh, of God for us this morning. He's saying, consider, verse 5, look at what he says. He says, consider, but notice again, he says, consider your ways, your action. Consider where you are spending your time. And he's saying to God's people, think carefully. Know where you're spending your time and your ways and your practices, are they on about God? Are they on for his priorities? Do we have God's priorities? Perhaps it's simple, simply about spending time with God first in the day. Maybe you used to do that, you used to spend time with God. But do you spend time listening to him or speaking to him at the start? Day. Maybe if I asked you, did you spend time with the television yesterday? <laughs> You'd say, yeah. Have you spent time with God? Is that your priority? As the time passed, the children of Judah had stopped working on the temple and they'd been concerned with other projects. I'm sure they rationalised. Uh, I'm sure they said, we'll get back to the temple, but we need, it. we need a warm place to sleep. They have the best intentions, however, the thing is, where is their heart? Uh, Haggai tells them, consider your ways. What is your priority? Are you on about God? But he gives them a good reason why it would be good to be on about God and his work. He gives them a really good reason. And that's in verses 5 to 7. Have a look there. Verse 5. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat and never have enough to be satisfied. You drink and never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. Some uh, commentators suggest that Haggai is talking to people that don't have enough, and, and they don't have enough to eat, and they don't have enough. But look at the words here. It's, it's actually not that. Look, he says here, you eat, you actually do have enough to eat, but you're never satisfied. He says, you plant much, but you harvest little. And then he says, you drink, but you never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, you never get warm. You put on 10 layers, you never get warm. Are they literally putting on 10 layers and never getting warm? He's not saying that, but he's saying, you're looking for life in meaning with this, with amassing this kingdom. <laughs> you're trying to get fulfillment there. It's never going to be enough. It will never fill you. It will never finally satisfy you. You could have the best house with the best veranda or whatever would be the equivalent of veranda two, two and a half thousand years ago, but it will never be enough. It will never fill you enough. 
He's saying they're sowing their seeds, uh, they're eating, they're drinking, clothing themselves, they're earning wages. It's never enough. And again, it's not that it's being sinful by doing houses, by doing building things. He's saying it's, <laughs> this is just a sign. It will never be enough. It will never fully satisfy you. And Haggai gives them, he's actually giving them this reason to say, listen, wake up. It won't fill you. These are things that you need. They're things that are important at some level and you you need to do them, but it's not going to ultimately fill you. That's the reason why we would find satisfaction in God and put his work at the centre. And this is the paradox, isn't it? The paradox is as we look at ourselves more and we try to serve ourselves and we try to build things and we try to find meaning, the paradox is it fills us less and less and less and as we take our eyes off self and look to God and try to work on his kingdom, it actually is more satisfying. We're built to live something bigger than us. Right now in St Peter's, we're not at a stage where we need to rebuild a temple. Uh, that's what God's calling us to do. But there are many things that we could be doing in Hornsby, for God, that I believe that God is is telling us, get on with his work. I mean, in some of the things, it's not a matter of spiritualising things and trying to find what it is that God wants us to do and I'm not sure what he wants us to to do. It's pretty clear. Hornsby is a place where there's a lot of different nationalities. He wants us to be on and helping people from other nations come to know him. I think this church also has a as a church has a history in working with children and working with all sorts of people but I think children's work could be a focus that we want to probably get onto. Project Welcome we've been talking about the last few months about being a church that is open and welcoming and I think we do pretty good I think we want to keep going with that. What resources can do you have? You might be able to help directly those areas of children you use your resources to live for something bigger. Maybe it's, maybe you want to start thinking about how you can, how you can live for something bigger and help get behind this cause and how you can work towards bringing life in that way. You think it won't satisfy you, giving away things and being, uh, being other people focused and thinking about God's mission, but it actually is satisfying to see what God will do in the coming years, to see what he'll do in ministries here and to see the people that will come to know him, to see the different people from the different nations, to see younger people, to see people that are different and welcome. Maybe that's what God, I'm feeling like maybe that's what God wants us to thinking about. We don't have a temple to build. He's not going to give us a word that's exactly prescribed for that, but he does show us what's going on in church through some of the things that are happening or that aren't happening and what's happening in Hornby. Haggai tells us, firstly, that God wants us to be on about his work. Secondly, this is a good reason to be about his work. We won't find satisfaction in this building for ourselves. But lastly, this is a warning. Have a look at verses 10. There's a warning 
of God withholding his blessing. So on your account, verse 10, the skies have withheld the dew, the land its crops. I've summoned a drought. And whatever the ground yields on people and animals and all that, the hands produce. Here we have the words of drought and skies and withholding rain. God is reminding them where their sustenance comes from, where everything comes from. And we are that far removed from God from the, the daily up and down of rain and drought. With technology, we probably feel like we're not really sustained by God, but that's the reality. If it doesn't rain tomorrow, that seems unlikely for us, but if it doesn't rain tomorrow, and another two, three years, and even another four or five years, you soon realise how dependent you are. And God wants to remind them, even us, with all of our technology, with all the things that we do have, it's from God. He's the one that sustains us all. He's the ruler over all. Come back to him. Otherwise, God withholds his blessings. We may feel that God, well, he's kind of happy with us as long as we're generally okay and we do his stuff. This is what was happening with Haggai, though. The people wanted to glorify God, but they wanted to do it their own way. We just try and do our own thing. But God actually wants us to be obedient to him, to live for him, to be on about his work. The children of Judah had a problem. Their priorities were not where they were supposed to be. And they weren't receiving the blessing of God. Let us determine today that we will not make the same mistakes that Judah did, but prioritise our lives around living for him and obeying his commands and pleasing God. Jesus had something to say about priorities. Matthew 6, that was in the reading I heard earlier. He said, Matthew 6, 31 to 35, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? The pagans run after those things. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Jesus is saying the same, the same things, isn't he, that the prophet Haggai is saying that wonderful picture of the sustaining father. Do you remember earlier in Matthew 6 about the flowers of the field and the birds of the air and how God gives them all good things and how he won't also sustain us? And then Jesus goes on to say, don't focus on those things. Instead, seek his kingdom. What's that about? Seek God's kingdom. Seek on about him. leave the last words to Jesus he says verse 34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own Haggai gives us a call to not worry about to not worry about the the, the daily things the, the necessity things but to be on about God and his work to be trusting him and to be people that daily live for him let's pray Father, we thank you again for, even though it's two and a half thousand years ago, that word to, to the people of Haggai, through Haggai, the prophet, that word to your people to be on about you and your work. We thank you that though it is two and a half thousand years ago, it is so relevant for us to be on about your work and to be people that trust you, that put one step before the other, that continue to plod along, 
be people that live for you and love others. This morning, Father, convict us, and any of us have been convicted to live for you. Help us to uh, commit and to be people that are on about you and what you have done. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're going to sing in response. It's always a good, good to sing, uh, a good time to do that. This one's called See Him Coming. Please stand.
Und ich sage es euch.